Welcome back to the podcast. This is Shark, Creative and Technical Director here at Evidence for Faith. And I have to apologize for missing you guys last week. Uh, I was a little bit under the weather. So even though Michael was recording and doing everything right, I was not able to get it edited and up on time. So, but we are back on schedule today. Um, and if you want to check out the video of today's lesson, um, there's links in the description because Michael is actually going to be talking about an archaeological artifact and we have a replica of it. So if you'd like to check that out, you can check out the links in the description for the webpage or the YouTube the video version of this lesson. Before we jump into it, I want to remind you guys that we are going to Israel in January of 2023 to go tour some biblical sites and look at some really cool and neat biblical archaeology. The trip is going to be co-led by your, our very own Michael Lane that you hear here on the podcast and Dr. Stephen Notley, who is an archaeologist and Bible scholar. So we are almost halfway full on this trip. So if you want to join us, I would say check that out sooner than later. So if you want to check out the pricing, tour, dates, and all that stuff, click on the link in the description. It's going to be the first link in there. As always, this program is supported by listeners just like you. And if you'd like to help support this broadcast and keep it free, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org. And with that, here is Michael Lane in Archaeology of Daniel, the Babylonian Chronicle. Hi, welcome to Evidence for Faith. It's your host, Michael Lane. I am so glad you're joining me today as we are exploring the archaeological artifacts dealing with the book of Daniel. As we've already in, uh, talked about in our introduction and a little thing also that we just added to about um, the, why Daniel is constantly under attack and, and is so brutally attacked by skeptics and critics. We're now getting into the actual artifacts. And there's not a whole lot of these, but what artifacts have been found and discovered do not at all contradict what we find in the book of Daniel. And the thing is, what we see here is all so accurate as what is recorded in the book of Daniel. Now, the first one we're going to be talking about today is the Nebuchadnezzar Chronicle. It's one of many Babylonian chronicles that were discovered. So we're starting with this one. It's often called, sometimes it's called the Babylonian Chronicle. But since there were more than one, that's plural. This one is often called the Nebuchadnezzar uh, Chronicle because it deals so much with just King Nebuchadnezzar and the beginning of his reign and also what is found in several books of the Bible besides the book of Daniel. But it was discovered near Nineveh around 1860. So about the time of the American Civil War starting, that's when this was actually discovered, which is right around the birth of biblical archaeology. Though translated soon afterwards by a fellow by the name of Theophilus Pincher. And then it was published, it took a while to get it published, in 1887. Um, these chronicles, again, they're plural, they entered the mainstream academia only in 1986. Yes, in 1986, they were actually studied by Dr. Donald Wiseman, University of London. And presently, they are on display at the British Museum in uh, London today. That's where you got to go to find the actual ones. We have, of course, a uh, replica of the original one that we have um, right here before us that we'll be talking about. And it's a double-sided, it's clay that we see here. And this is one of, um, this one here is the Nebuchadnezzar. And as you can see, it's written on both sides as we look at this. Now, um, the Babylonian Chronicles, as I say, there's a number of these. It, it is plural. 
This one is sometimes called the number five, but we'll just call it the Nebuchadnezzar Chronicle, uh, since that's what it really deals with and make it things a little bit more simplistic. Uh, and, and this chronicle details, has great detail in the cuneiform uh, writing that is on here. It describes Nebuchadnezzar as the crown prince, not as the king of Babylon at this time, because his father, um, Nab uh, Nabopolazar, was, was still alive at this point. But this chronicles, this details Nebuchadnezzar as the crown prince, his battle against Pharaoh Necho, at the Battle of Carchemish on, on one side. Uh, on the other side of the artifact, if you were to look at it and if you read the transcriptions, which you can easily download on the internet, you can see many artifacts with this and has the uh, English translation on these. You will find in this, it actually has the Siege of Jerusalem. And, and what's really cool about this artifact is it gives dates. It's an actual chronicle of the events taking place in history. And it tells us that Nebuchadnezzar conquered uh, uh, Jerusalem on March 16th in the year 598. And that's on one side of this. So this is a fascinating discovery and a, and a remarkable find. This artifact uh, confirms the existence of King Nebuchadnezzar. But first of all, he's called the crown prince because his king uh, or his father, King uh, Nebuchadnezzar, was still alive at the time. But it also mentions by name Pharaoh Necho. And it talks about the Battle of Carchemish. Now, why am I making a point of this? Because all this is found in the Bible. All this is found in the Bible. If we're going to go take a look at the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 46 Verse 2. Now you might be wondering, why am I going to Jeremiah and not Daniel? This is a study on Daniel. Because as Daniel is right um, is living, he's only a teenager or a boy when this battle actually takes place. So Daniel's not writing his, his book at this point. So we're going to the book of Jeremiah, um, and who was who a contemporary of Nebuchadnezzar also, as Nebuchadnezzar is um, all these events taking place. And in Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 2, out of the English Standard Version, we read about Egypt. Concerning the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, which was by the river of Euphrates at Carchemish, in which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, defeated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Now, here is the Bible describing exactly the same things we see on this amazing artifact. Even giving the names and the places, um, it, it is fascinating that we see these things right on this. So we're, we're getting to see that, and we know from history too, and from this, that um, Necho is defeated at Carchemish in the year 605 B.C. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, again on this thing, tells us that he went, uh, he hadn't totally conquered the Egyptians. They fled. He chases them, and he fights the Egyptians again at Hamath in Syria. And when he goes there and, and conquers them, this then gives him control over all of Palestine, including the kingdom of Judah, which is where Daniel's at, because Jerusalem's the capital. Whereupon, when this happens now, and this is very important, because what happens in history fits perfectly with the biblical description of what's going on. And what happens when Nebuchadnezzar defeats at Hamath, uh, the Egyptians, he has now taken over all these little minor kingdoms that you find in Palestine. 
And what happens then is he gets word that his father, who is the king, Nebuchadnezzar, had just died. So after just conquering this land, he doesn't get to do a whole lot with it because his father has died. He needs to go back to Babylon and secure the throne from others. So he leaves. But before leaving, this chronicle, this Nebuchadnezzar chronicle, tells us that before he left, that different kings submitted to him. Um, this is also leaving King Jehoiakim of Judah on the throne. Nebuchadnezzar does not replace him. He leaves King Jehoiakim on the throne of Judah as he returns to Babylon. But King Jehoiakim, even though he's not mentioned by name on the artifact, because the artifact just says different, you know, about the kingdoms, doesn't mention the kings of them. Jehoiakim is not mentioned here, but it does record that the kings of Palestine all reported before and came before Nebuchadnezzar before he departed and actually submitted to him and submitted to the Babylonian rule. So we get that on this article, uh, on this chronicle here. It actually states this. Now, soon after, the Bible records in numerous places in the book of Jeremiah and in Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, that Jehoiakim rebels against Nebuchadnezzar. While Nebuchadnezzar goes back to secure the throne, he's going to be gone for a couple of years. While he's over there, Jehoiakim conspires against him. Well, I'm not going to pay uh, the payment that he wants. I mean, he refuses to do the payment, refuses now to um, to yield to the Babylonian control. Um, and that's what we see on this artifact. This, era, this artifact reveals that King Nebuchadnezzar has to return, and he does in 597, because it gives us the years these were taking place. In 597, 598, according to the Babylonian calendar, we can translate that to our modern calendar, and he comes back and he surrounds the city of Jerusalem, and he captures it. Now, we know that also from the Bible and from history. It's all there. He captures um, Jerusalem, and in doing so, he removes the king. The, the name Jehoiakim has never appeared here, but it says on here that he removes. This is on the opposite side now. It's about the siege of Jerusalem, and on this, it actually describes that Nebuchadnezzar removes the king from power. He appoints a new king. Again, the names do not appear here. Who's, why are they mentioning his name? Nebuchadnezzar is the key guy here. So Nebuchadnezzar, um, he appoints a new king of Judah, and he sacks the city. He sacks the city. And this is all discussed in here, that the city of Jerusalem is sacked as tribute. And the historical accounts that you find in the Bible all tell us this is true too. The Babylonian chronicle here, this Nebuchadnezzar chronicle, contains information even about the sacking of Jerusalem. It actually, in English translated, it, it reads that he installed a king of his own choice. He collected its massive tribute, and then he goes back to Babylon. That's actually right on this, um, this chronicle, this piece of uh, clay with this historical information on it. And this event is recorded also... Um, in the Bible, in the book of 2 Kings. So let's take a look at what 2 Kings has. We're going to start at chapter 24 and read through, uh, verses 10 through 17. Again, out of the English Standard Version, we're going to read this because what we see on this uh, little lump of clay is actually what we're seeing recorded in the Bible also. How cool this is. Because this thing dates back to like 590 B.C. So we read this. At the time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up to Jerusalem and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to the city while his servants were besieging it. And Jehoiakim, 
the king of Judah gave himself up to the king of Babylon, himself and his mother and his servants and his officials and his palace officials. The king of Babylon took him prisoner in the eighth year of his reign and carried off all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold in the temple of the Lord, which Solomon, king of Israel, had made, as the Lord had foretold. He carried away all Jerusalem and all the officials and all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and the smiths. None remained except the poorest people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon, the king's mother, the king's wives, his officials, the chief men of the land he took into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And the king of Babylon brought the captives to uh, Babylon, all the men of valor, 7,000, and the craftsmen and the metal workers, 1,000, all of them strong and fit for war. And the king of Babylon made uh, Mataiah, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. Now, this is remarkable because this is uh, his second time that he's come to this area, Nebuchadnezzar, and um, there's been a, a, some years from when he first conquered the land that he's had to come back. And now that he's come back, he changes the kings and um, he's carrying off the royal people. This is when Daniel and his three friends would have been taken back to Babylon is mentioning here. Of course, their names are not here. They're not listing on this little clay piece here. They're not mentioning all these names, but they are mentioning the events and the sacking of the temple and stuff is all recorded on here, how he sacked Jerusalem. So this Babylonian chronicle supports the biblical accounts found in the books of 2 Kings. It's also found in 2 Chronicles. We find the, the, store, uh, the same event taking place in the book of Jeremiah and also, as the beginning of Daniel opens up, it's in there. And it records that Nebuchadnezzar fought and defeated Necho of Carchemish, which was on the one side of this thing. He defeats him, and then he goes on to conquer Palestine and Judah. And on the second side is all about the conquering of Judah and Jerusalem. When he, when he, um, he sacked, but he does not destroy everything at this point. He did remove its king, and um, he, he did um, pick people from the kingdom, uh, the royalty and stuff, but he, he changed the kings, and he made a puppet king. Again, the name doesn't appear, but he describes, and it's exactly what the Bible is saying, he set up a new king to be his puppet, uh, to serve him. It also contains other battles uh, this little clay tablet has, other battles that uh, were fought by Nebuchadnezzar um, against the Egyptians and other kingdoms as well. And we find all of this recorded uh, on this little clay tablet. And the thing is, it's the beginning of King Nebuchadnezzar's reign. Thus, that's why it's often called the Nebuchadnezzar Chronicle, because it's all about the beginning of his reign and, and what he did when he first came to power, which fits perfectly from what we read here fits perfectly with what we see in the Bible. So the Bible, these stories and stuff are not myths. These things are accurate. They are historical. And Daniel, as he's starting off with his book, starts to talk about this whole event taking place, and we see it verified on this artifact. How cool is that?
So that's just the first as we get into this. And I, I hope you've enjoyed this. And um, take a look. Read through Daniel. It's a fascinating book. Read through the, the conquest of what Nebuchadnezzar did. It's, it's remarkable. Um, but the thing is, history is one thing. The Bible parallels all this and, and actually affirms all this did take place. The Bible is not a mythical book. It's history. So thanks for joining me today. Until we meet again, take care. May God bless. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to our donors who make this program possible. Evidence for Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry based in the USA. You can support this broadcast by donating online using the links in the description. And don't forget to leave us a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.